All right, Shabbos say good morning, good morning, let us begin. So, I just have to mention, it's so beautiful. We have uh, Moshe David Armin on the flight back from Eretz Yisrael, is on Zoom, Rabbi Kidalia Rosenblum is driving somewhere in Eretz Yisrael, looks like, I don't know, the north, the south, no, south it looks like, it looks like desert, is uh, joining us from the car in Eretz Yisrael, incredible. Okay, Chavros over that. We are going to begin. And inc- all right, well, let me first thank the sponsors. Thank all of our sponsors for this morning's daf. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors. Oh, one second. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Shvat. Mrs. Brachos Shimmer for dedicating Ov Shimmer Joshua's this month in memory of her husband, Avram Ben Kalman Eliezer Halevi, Zichron Livracha. Ayal and Sarah Steinberg for dedicating the Shurim this month in the Schusser of Fushalima for Shulamis Bas Susha. To thank our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Baruch Fischl and Sonia Kozlovsky and family in commemoration of the ninth yard site of Baruch Fischl's mother, Mrs. Rose Kozlovsky, Rachel Bas Leib Fischl, Zichron Livracha. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Nesham Slav and Aliyah, the families of Nechama, and those who require a refuah should have one together with Kol Cholei Yisrael. And I'll say with that, let us begin. I, I totally forgot to do a dramatic job building up today's daf, um, as, it is, as it is overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly fantastic, incredible, and beautiful. But Amir Tzashem, right, I'll make up for it, uh, make up for it in the daf itself. So we'll say, let's begin. Today's daf is Chav Gimel, 23. And we are picking up Amir Tzashem at the two dots on Chav Beis Omud. Base 22b at the two dots. Harini Nozir Va'at Va'amra Amen. Mishnah said, Rachel, right? Rachel's married to Ruvain. Rachel says, I am a Nozir. Sorry, sorry. Ruvain says, I am a Nozir. Sorry. Too much going on here. Okay. Um, Ruvain says, Ruvain says, I am a Nozir. Harini Nozir Va'at and you. Va'amra Amen. And Rachel says, Me too. Amen, yes. So what's that? Rachel, me for Eshelah, Vishelah Kayim. Ultimately, again, he is able to go ahead and annul her nether, and his nether still remains. Fine. Or minut, we're asked We quote another price. Harini Nazir va'at. So if Ruvain says, I'm a Nazir, and you, va'amra amin, and she says, yes, shneyam asurin. Then they are both a Nazir. Ve'im love, but if she did not answer amin, shneyam mutarin. Ultimately, again, they're both mutar. In other words, neither is a Nazir. Mipne, why? Shetala nidro binidra. Because halach halach they have intertwined their nidram. In other words, the way the price understands this is Ruvain says harini nazir ba'at. He says I'm a nazir and you. And effectively, what he's saying is I'll be a nazir if you're a nazir. Shavosai, this contradicts our Mishnah because the way our Mishnah understood harini nazir ba'at is Ruvain says I'm a nazir, I'm a nazir, right? Declarative statement ba'at. What, what, what do you want to do? But they're not intertwining their statements, or they're not intertwining their Kabbalahs. So what's going on over here? On Rabbi Yehuda, Tani So Rabbi Yehuda says, you're right, the Brisa has a mistaken text, align the Brisa together with the Mishnah, and instead it should say, he's able to annul her nether, but his nether remains. Abai on Rabbi says, no, no, no. The reality is, the reality is, the Brisa can be read as it is. Well, says, how do you distinguish? It's fascinating. Kigon, Domerla, Harini Nazir Va'at, Dikatali Nidro Binidra, Tap of Chav Gimel, Umasnisim Kigon, Domerla, Harini Nazir Va'at Mai. They both say, listen to this. Two different cases. Two cases. Let me work backwards. The Mishnah's case, the Mishnah's case is where, as we just said, he's saying Harini Nazir. They both say, what does Harini Nazir mean? What does Harini Nazir mean? I am a Nazir. Right? And I am a Nazir independent of whatever you're going to do. Rachel, I'm a Nazir. Right? Ruben says, I'm a Nazir. Va'at means, 
what would you like to do? But whatever you do or don't do has absolutely no impact on me. In the Bryce's case, I'll say, what is Ruvain doing? In the Bryce's case, Ruvain is going ahead and, in the Bryce's case, Ruvain is going ahead and, um, intertwining, thank you, intertwining his nether with hers. He's saying, Harini Nazir, Va'at. I'll be a Nazir if you're a Nazir. And that's why the Brisa says, if halacha l'maysa, if halacha l'maysa, she accepts, then they are both Nazirim. If she doesn't accept, then they're not Nazirim. So two different cases. Mishum hachi, therefore, again, I'm going to say different in the Mishnah's case. So therefore, we understand in the, in the Brisa, in the Brisa, if she accepts, he can't annul anyone's nether. Why? Because their nedarim are intertwined. In the Mishnah's case, where their nedarim are not intertwined, he has the ability to be made for her nether, but of course he doesn't have the ability to be made for his own. Beautiful. So everyone will say the sugi ends off with just two last cases. Incredible. Mishnah. We'll say very interesting. We've actually seen all of this quoted before. A woman took a nether naziras. So Rachel, keep, keep with Rachel and Ruvain. Rachel went ahead and became an Azira. And what happened? And she's drinking wine and becoming Tamil Mesim. So what's the halacha? She gets Malchus. Why does she get Malchus? Why does she get Malchus? Because she's violating her net in Aziras. Okay, no condition that. Now watch this. We'll say, what happens in the following case? Let's just play this out. Rachel becomes an Azira on, on a Wednesday. Harin is here on a Wednesday. What happens? Come Friday, Reuven hears about the nether. Now, is Reuven allowed to be made for the nether two days later? Yes. Yeah, assuming that what? Right. So again, remember, Biyom Shom O means this is the first day he ever heard about the nether. So on, on, on Friday, he's made for the nether. Actually, let's make it easier. On Thursday, he's made for the nether. She makes the nether on Wednesday. On Thursday, he's made for the nether. Meanwhile, Rebbe say, what is she doing? Comes Thursday. Comes Thursday. So he's made for the nether Thursday morning. Thursday... She goes wild. She's drinking wine, going to Levaya's, right? Like nobody's business. And what happens? So in meanwhile, meanwhile, I will say, is she in violation of anything? No, why? Because Reuben has already been made for the nether. But here's what's interesting. Rachel doesn't know. So as far as Rachel's concerned, what is Rachel doing? She is violating the terms of her nether naziris. But in actuality, she's not because her husband was made for it. So what's that, Rachel? She doesn't get Malchus. So we'll say, really no Chiddush there either. Why doesn't she get Malchus? Why doesn't she get Malchus? She didn't do anything. She didn't do anything. In other words, I want to be clear. She thinks she's doing something, right? She has no idea that Ruvain was already made for the nether. But in actuality, she did nothing because her husband already annulled the nether. Therefore, no Malchus. I will say, I just want to be clear. Case number one, these, these are seemingly two very straightforward cases. Case number one, Rachel became an Azira. She goes out on Wednesday. And Wednesday she goes out and she drinks wine and goes to Levias. What's that, Rachel? She gets Malchus. Straightforward case. Case two, she becomes an Azira on Wednesday. Reuven is made for it on Thursday. She doesn't know that Reuven annulled the nether on Thursday. On Thursday afternoon, he does it on Thursday morning. Thursday afternoon she drinks wine and goes to Levias. What's that, Rachel? She doesn't get Malchus. I will say that I watch this. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, in Enos Afekes Asar Bohem, Tispog Makas Mardus. I will say this is incredible. Rabbi Huda says, well, one second. Even though she's not going to get Malkus for violation of her Nedir she will get Makas Mardus. So I will say, what's Makas Mardus? Rabbinic lashes. The rabbis, the Chazal, have the ability to impose Malkus 
on someone who may not be in technical legal violation of the law, but who is clearly flouting the legal system. Right? This, this, that's makis martis. In other words, okay, are you technically doing anything wrong? No. Technically, you've done nothing wrong. But are you behaving appropriately? Absolutely not. See, if Rabbi Yehuda says, in this case over here, Rachel is true on Thursday, when she goes to Levias, when she drinks wine, is she doing anything legally wrong? Is she doing anything legally wrong? What's the answer? Anything legally wrong? No, not at all. But is this appropriate behavior? No, because she thinks that she's violating her Nedin Azir. So Rabbi Yehuda says, she, she has to get, she gets Marcus Mardus. Suppose I take a quick look at Rashi. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Tisbog, Marcus Mardus. Imlon is chayvah b'malkus Torah. Because she's not going to be chayeves, malchus minatora, right? There's no biblical obligation. Because remember, her husband was made for the neder naziros. Nevertheless, te loke malchus midrabanon, kadei lohochicha, shelo tehei mezida. In other words, Rabbi Huda feels there has to be some repercussion for her flagrant behavior. Because if there's not some type of response to this type of flagrance, then at the end of the day, what keeps a person from actively violating this system? So if Rabbi Yehuda holds that the Shemak is martyrs in such a situation like this. Beautiful. That's the Mishnah. So we'll say, let's analyze this. So we'll say, we're introduced over here to a really fascinating idea that sometimes, even when you have not technically violated something, there could still be at least rabbinic liability for non-technical violation. And you understand it, right? You understand this case because at the end of the day, I'll say, has Rachel done something wrong? Has Rachel done something wrong? No. So let's, let's analyze this for just a moment. So technically, she has not done something wrong. Technically, she hasn't done something wrong, right? Again, she has not violated the Nedin Zero. She has not done others. Again, what Avera Rachel have you violated? Has, has Rachel violated any Avera? No. no, absolutely not. And you can't argue any other way. She hasn't. But has she done something wrong? Yes, because as far as she knew, she was wantonly violating a Nedin Zeros. The fact that technically it turned out that she did nothing wrong doesn't change the fact that on a personalistic spiritual level, this was not the right activity to, get, to engage in. I will say, now, the fact that there's liability for activity like that is a pretty interesting Kiddush. So let's analyze. So turn around, Bonobos, let's analyze this. Turn around, Isha, Feirama, Hashem, Yislachla. say, so the Torah over here, when speaking about, speaking about the ability for a husband to, via, to, to, to annul the wife's nether. So what does the Pasuk say? Her husband was, her husband was made for the nether. Her husband annulled the nether. Hashem, Yislachla. And Hashem will forgive her. But both say, well, the pasuk doesn't make sense. Why doesn't the pasuk make sense? If the husband annulled the neder, then what is divine forgiveness for? To which the Gemara says, Watch this, I will say. Because ultimately, again, we're talking about a situation where a woman made a neder. She violated the neder. But before she violated the neder, her husband had, in fact, annulled the neder. So in reality, when she violated, she wasn't really violating anything because the neder was already annulled. And yet, ultimately, again, that she still requires atonement and forgiveness. Even though, Halach said technically, she didn't do anything wrong, the Pasuk says, even though her husband annulled the nether, and therefore she didn't technically do anything wrong, but because she thought she was doing something wrong, that requires kapara and slicha, requires atonement and forgiveness. Most isn't that beautiful? This is, Ukishayim Agiyah Rabbi Akiva, Eitzah Pasik Zeh. I was saying, we just had the schos 
to stand. When was it? What's today? Wednesday, right? Last Tuesday night. Last Tuesday night, we had the great Zuchos, Baruch Hashem, to be in Tiberia, to stand literally in the cover of Rabbi Akiva and learn some, some of Rabbi Akiva's Torah. So Rabbi Akiva, Zechut Tzadik, V'Kadosh Levracha, Zechusa Yagin Alein. Rabbi Akiva, when he would get to this Pasuk, Hayabocha, he would cry. He would cry. And he would say as follows, Uma, Mishinis Kavin Lalos Biyado Basar Chazer, Va'ala Biyado Basar Tala, Shaviki was he listen. Imagine you have a person in say, who has in mind Tid Chazer. Right? He has in mind Tid Chazer. <laughs> listen to this. In other words, he says, He's ready to eat Chazer. He's ready to eat Chazer. And what happens? There's a mix up, and he ends up eating kosher meat. He ends up eating kosher meat. So, yeah, he hasn't done, in other words, his Kavano was for an Avera. But Mamish, he did not do an Avera. He, he ate a piece of meat with 17 Ashtafas on it. Right? So, we'll say, so listen to this. Nevertheless, Ta'un Kaparo Uslicha. He still requires kapar and slicha. I will say, right? He still requires kapar and slicha. I will say, because you see, words, what do you see? I will say, at the essence, what is chait? What is chait? Chait is not just simply a physical act. Chait is a mindset. Chait is where a person stands ready to walk away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I'm ready to go ahead, not turn my back, because even when I sin, I don't turn my back. But when I sin, I distance myself. And when I'm ready to sin, and ready to sin, I'm ready, I'm ready to distance myself from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. A readiness to distance oneself from the Ribono Shalom. Even if you don't actually physically do that in the act, but the readiness to do it is catastrophic as well. The readiness to do it is tragic as well. And just simply having the cognitive readiness to distance myself from the Ribono Shalom generates a certain level of liability. So Rabbi Akiva says again, a person had a mind to eat chazer. And it turns out, the piece of meat he ate wasn't chazer. It was 100% kosher. Yet a person still requires ton kaparu slicha, still requires atonement. All the more so a person who has intention to sin and ultimately does sin, all the more so requires atonement. I will say, it's such a different way of looking about the almost like cognitive component of sin. When we think about chit, we're often focused on chit as a maisa, as a maisa, right? There's an action of sin. But at the end of the day, we don't think about the cognitive impact of sin. The cognitive impact, of say, is that when I stand ready to do something that is contrary to the ratzon habore, that changes me as a person, that changes me. Rabbi Soloveitchik speaks about this in his essays on Shuvah, where the Rav writes that every sin generates two things. Well, he says if you look, if you look at Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur discusses two things. There's slicha and kapara. Slicha and kapara. So ultimately, he says kapara, kapara is for onesh. Every chait brings with it onesh, and every chait brings with it tumah. Two different things. When I sin. Every, every sin comes with culpability and liability. Every sin carries a punishment. So that's Onesh. But every sin also generates Toma. It also generates a certain sense of impurity. I'm, I'm impugning my inherent holiness. And that's why, again, in Yom Kippur, there is Tara and Kapara. Kapara ultimately takes away the Onesh, right? So Atoma takes away the Onesh. And Tara takes away the Toma. You know what the Gemara is telling us over here? When, you have, when, you're, when, I, when I stand ready to sin, when I stand ready to sin, but it turns out that actually 
I didn't end up sinning. So therefore, there's no what? There's no what? There's no onesh. There's no punishment. But what is there? What is there? There's tumah. There's tumah. Because any time I stand ready to walk away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm creating tumah, we translate it as impurity, but tumah really means a void of purity, an area that is devoid of purity. Whenever I go ahead and I stand ready to walk away from the Ribono Shel Olam, that creates a tumah. That cre- and that tumah, that tumah requires a remedy. That tumah requires addressing. It's so incredible. And Rabbi Akiva, I'll say why Rabbi Akiva cry- that cried about this, if we have time, which we definitely will not, but, but if we have time, at, at some point over the Daf Yomi Sekel, Amir Hashem, you'll remind me. Kiyotze b'davar ata omer. V'lo yodav Hashem, v'nasavano. The Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, we'll say, this is by Asham Taloi. Remember again, the case of an Asham Taloi is a person does something and he's unsure whether or not his act generated liability. So you bring an Asham Taloi. V'lo yodav Hashem v'nasavano. He didn't know that he was culpable and he will bear his sin. So the Gemara says, Uma mishin is kavin lalos biyodo basar talaba ala biyodo basar chazer. Person will say, so now these are all different nuanced cases, all highlighting the same theme. Someone who had in mind to eat kosher meat and he ended up eating chazer. So we'll say, this was a guy who wanted to do the right thing, but ended up do, doing the wrong thing. For example, kigon, chaticha suffix shal shuman suffix shal chalev. We'll say there was a piece of meat, one piece of meat, and it was unclear. Is it chalev? Is it shuman? And ultimately, you ate it, and you're not sure what it was. Amrik Prabhana Savono, you have to go ahead and bring in Ashan Talui. So we'll say that's in a Suffolk case. Mishan is kaving lalas beyoda basar chazeva, alo beyoda basar chazeva, has kama vakama. So we'll say if there's liability for potential sin, certainly there's going to be liability for actual sin. Same theme. What Chazal are, are, are dramatically drawn to is this idea, Rabbi says, you see over here the severity of hate. You see the severity of hate. And if there's going to be some level of liability for potential infraction, then all the more so for definitive infraction. The Gemara says, Isi ben Yehudom, Isi ben Yehudom says, Velo yoda ve'ashev and asava. And I was saying, basically, we just quoted before. Uma mishin is kavin lalos biyodo basra talava ala biyodo basra chazer. Someone wanted to eat kosher meat, but ended up eating non-kosher meat. For example, kegon shte chaticho. So we'll say, Isi ben Yehuda, as opposed to the previous case where we illustrated this with chaticha achos, one piece, and there was a subject about the identity of the piece of meat. Isi ben Yehuda deals with this case with one piece of meat. One piece of meat. Ultimately, again, I'm sorry, but foreign there was one piece of meat. Isi ben Yehuda deals with the case of two pieces of meat. One is kosher, one is not kosher. And you don't know which one you ate. You still, have, you still bear liability. Someone who wanted to sin and in fact ends up sinning, of course we understand the liability. say About this, sensitive people are incredibly pained. In other words, I will say, what does this mean? So now suddenly I begin to realize how careful I have to be with my actions. That even, I will say, it's not just about technical behaviors. It's about going through life with the right kavanas and the right mindsets as well. And I will say, we know this. We know this, right? This really, this really, you know, I, I said this story, I said this story over to someone. Just very, very quickly. I had this case, I had this situation. This was a couple of years ago. It was actually at Kiddush, actually at Kiddush. And, and I was holding a glass of wine. And it was right after Kiddush. I was holding a glass of wine. 
and someone walked right into me. Walked into me. I told this story. I told this story to someone. Someone walked right into me, and the wine spilled on me. And the person said, "Not my fault. Not my fault. Not my fault." I was like, "Okay, okay, not your, not, not my fault. Not my, not my fault." And it was fascinating. First of all, he was an attorney. Okay, that's okay. That's a separate thing, right? Which was which 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 is no, but I think it does happen. Happen. Whatever. It's a, but I would say, but, but, but what, was, what was fascinating, what was fascinating, I was like, okay, I, I, and if it was your fault, it's okay also. It's okay also. In other words, that, 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 that's okay. So I would say, and I realized, like, what is this guy walking around? Like, he's walking around with a mindset. I, I don't know. I don't really know this person well, but I'm saying, like, to me, like, what that represented was a mindset of everything is looked at through the lens of fault, not fault, fault, not fault, mutter, usser, right, tome, trafe. And while that's true, that, that, is an, that is an element, what the Gemara sensitizes as well says, you know, your kavanas in life play a big role in who and what you are as well. What's your mindset? What's your mindset? In other words, so you could be a person who is in the technical right. I haven't done anything wrong. But if your kavanas and your hashkafas and your outlooks on life and your orientation, and your aspirations, and your goals, and your convictions are not right, there's liability for that as well. That's the thing we're sensitizing this to. Just as important as your actions are your thoughts, your dreams, your goals, your aspirations, your hashkafas, your commitments, your fidelities. All of those things are just as important as the way that you act. And if they're flawed, and if they're flawed, the Gemara says, there's kapara, there's sticha, that's necessary for that as well. It's such an incredibly overwhelming idea. And as the Gemara says, sensitive people, sensitive people are very distressed. Because I will say, sensitive people think. Sensitive people think, right? And ultimately, when you begin to think about this, you realize the expectations that a Kaddish Baruch Hu has of us, not just on an actional level, but on a cognitive, feeling, emotional level as well. So incredibly profound. The Gemara goes weiter. The Gemara says... Good. You see Ben Yehuda. Good. So I'll say now the Gemara says, why do we need all these cases? In other words, all of these cases seem to be, all of these, all of these opinions seem to be illustrating the same idea, which is what? Which is what? That even if technically, you know, actionally, you didn't do anything wrong, but if Lamaisi, you had flawed kavanas, you had flawed kavanas, there's liability for that as well. So why do you need to illustrate in all these different ways? To which the says, I'll tell you why. Foda just said the case by the woman, in the case of the Nazira. Foda just said that case, that's where she requires kaparos slicha. Why? They're both saying, in the case of the Nazira, remember again, when Rachel goes out and drinks wine and goes to Levias, they're both saying, what's her kavana? What's her kavana? What's her kavana? To violate her Naziros. In other words, that's her kavana. That's her kavana to violate the Nazira. Okay. So I understand that case. She has explicit intent to violate the terms of her Nazirus. So I understand why in a case like that, halacha lemaisa, there should have to be some type of slicha vechapara. Avachaticha, safik shachelev, safik shachshum, and delateriachavim, lo bai kapara slicha. But I was saying, the case ultimately, again, a piece of meat. You're not sure if it's chelev, you're not sure if it's right, kosher, treif, and you eat it. My intention wasn't for right? My intention was to eat it because I thought ultimately, again, it's going to be mutter. So maybe in that case, there wouldn't be slicha v'chapara. Therefore, I need to be taught that even in that case, there needs to be slicha v'chapara. V'yit mar hada, and if would have just said the case of the chaticha, suffix shal chilev, suffix shal shuman, di'ik 
Because the whole idea, there's a real possibility of Isser. Aval Isha, the Hefer la Baila de Teira, Loti Bai Slicha, the Kaparo Slicha. Now, let's say, going back to the Nizira case, here's the reason in the Nizira case, we'll say. In the case of Chaticha, Suffolk, right? If I have a piece of meat and it's a Suffolk, it's kosher or trade, there's a real possibility of Isser. In the case of the woman whose husband annulled her Ned in reality, although she thinks she's violating something, there's absolutely no Isser involved. So maybe there shouldn't need to be any slicha vechapara. Therefore, the Gemara needs to teach you that no, even in that case, a slicha vechapara. The itmar honey tarti. Everyone just said the first two cases. Have a honey tarti who disagi lahon bekapara slicha. The lo ikba isura. I would have said the first two cases. Ultimately, again, you could have slicha vechapara. Why? Because there's no fixed iser. Either in case number one, because she's actually not really in a zero anymore. Case number two, because it's a suffix, whether or not the piece of meat is kosher or treif. But I will say in the case of two pieces of meat, where I know what? I know for sure one of them is kosher, one of them is treif, where there's definitely iser there. Therefore, maybe Maybe again, that's treated just like a bona fide sin. And simple slicha vechapara is not enough. Kamash malon deloshna. Therefore, I will say the Gemara teaches me that halacha lemaisa. Ultimately, there's no distinction. So therefore, I will say three three cases essentially. Case number one: Rachel made an edin zeros on Wednesday. Her husband annulled it on Thursday morning. She goes out and drinks wine on Thursday afternoon. Even though technically she's done nothing wrong, she still requires slicha vechapara. Case two. Case two. There's a piece of meat. Suffolk. Suffolk. Ch- kosher, suffix, treif, I eat it, I eat it. Ultimately, technically, I may have not done nothing wrong, still requires licha v'chapara. Case three, two pieces of meat, one of them chalev, one of them, one of them treif, one of them kosher. Not sure which is which, I eat one of them, I eat one of them, because if I eat both of them, obviously there's definitive liability. I eat one of them, I eat one of them, halach halamaisa liability. Most I come to in all of these cases, I may have not done anything wrong. It's possible I may have not done anything wrong on a technical level. But Lamaisa, because my kavanas, right, because my intentions are broken and because my intentions are flawed and my intentions are skewed, then at the end of the day, there is some element of tarot, there is some element of purification, of forgiveness that is necessary in these cases. The takeaway message of Osai, it's not just what you do that matters. It's how you think. It's how you think. It's what your kavanas are that play a role in the totality of your personality as well. The Gemara goes right. They will say first wide line, end of the first wide line. They will say this is such an incredible Gemara. What's the meaning? So we'll say here's the Pasek. The ways of Hashem are, are, are Yasha, are straight. The righteous will walk on them, but the wicked will stumble. So I will say, just to understand, so what the Pasuk seems to be describing over here is, there is a derech Hashem. There is a path of Hashem. On that path of Hashem, the tzaddikim are able to traverse it, but ultimately, again, the rishayim stumble on that path. So the Gemara says, what, what does that mean? So I will say, Moshe l'shnei Listen to this case. This could be compared to two people, two people who roast, roast their carbon Pesach. Echad, so the, right, Echad achlu l'shem mitzvah, one guy ate his carbon Pesach for the purpose of a mitzvah. And one ultimately went ahead and ate it Achila Gasa. We'll say, what's Achila Gasa? Achila, like gluttonous, gluttonous eating. Or as we'll say, actually, the halacha is carbon Pesach is nechal al hasova. Right? In other words, carbon Pesach is not when, when the Beis Amikdash will stand in Mirza Hashem. 
Karim Pesach, the Paschal lamb, is not your primary meal. The Karim Pesach <coughs> is actually dessert, afikoman. It's the dessert. But the idea is you have to pace yourself over the course of the meal, that when, kind of like afikoman as well, that when you get to the Karim Pesach, you're not like, oh God, right? You know, you know that feeling, right? right? That's like afikoman, right? Afikoman, right? Somebody brings up, you're like your kids, you know, it's okay, don't, don't find it, don't find it, you know, it's fine, right? We're, we're good over here, we're good here. Right? So, say, so, so the Misa, again, so the Misa, so the Gemara says, what can it be compared to? There's a guy who eats Karim Pesach and he eats it, right, with, with an appetite. That's a mitzvah. There's another guy who eats Achila Gasa, gluttonous, gluttonous consumption, and that's an Avera. So the Gemara says, Zusha mitzvah tzadikim yachubo. So we'll say, the one who eats it right, for, in, a, in a proper way, that's, you know, that's Derech Hashem that the tzadikim are traversing. And the one who eats it achilagasa, that's considered to be the ways of the wicked who are stumbling on the pathway of Hashem. So the pathway of Hashem in this context is the consumption of the carbon pesach. The righteous person will walk on that path the right way and eat the carbon pesach in an appropriate way. The Russia will stumble on that path and he will go and eat carbon pesach in a gluttonous fashion. Amrish Lakish, whoa, 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 whoa. Hi, Russia Karisle, because a guy eats carbon pesach. Achilagas, okay, he ate too much during the Suda. So now it's a shtekel gluttonous by the Achilas Karim Pesach. You're going to call him a Russia because of that? He's, he's still doing the mitzvah. Okay, he's not doing the mitzvah in the right way, but he's still doing the mitzvah. Okay, I got it. He's not doing the mitzvah in the ideal way, but he's still eating Karim Pesach. And as well, they can't call a guy like that a Russia. So let's find another mashal. So I will say, this is a. This is an interesting mashal. Ela mashal l'shnei b'nei adam. Ze ishtov zachol so'imo. Vze ishtov zachol so'imo. There's a guy who's traveling with two women, right? One is his wife, one is his sister. L'zeh, and he has, right, each of the men have relations that night. L'zeh nizdam nilo ishto. U l'zeh nizdam nilo achoso. One ends up having relations with his wife. One ends up having relations with his sister. There must be more to this story, right? There must be more to this story. Again, we're going to, we're going to reject the mashal anyway in just a moment as you're going to see. The one who ends up being with his wife, that's the pathway of tzaddikim. The Gemara says, one second, I don't understand what that means. Me dummy, that, that can't be what the Pasuk is talking about. Anon kamiran chada derech hachash nedrachim. And I will say, that doesn't fit. That besides the fact that, again, and before I should point out, the mushal itself is also just a strange mushal, but that's not what the Pasuk is talking about. What the Pasuk is talking about is a pathway, one thing, one thing, and when the tzaddik does it, it's an incredible aliyah, and when the rasha does it, it's an incredible yurida. One thing. The mushal doesn't work because the wife and the sister are two different people. So what's the mushal? So what's incredible? Hello, here it is. Here it is. Mushal lalot ushteibinosa. I will say it's comparable. By the way, this is why this is why the Gemara gave the pre. Well, okay. Well, let's go back to it. can be comparable, say, to the story of Lot and his two daughters. Remember again, Lot Lot had relations with both of his daughters, those from whom Ammon and Moab come from. Now, I will say, remember again, Hain shenis kavnu l'shem mitzvah v'tzadikim yachubam. Who shenis kavnu l'shem avera uposh them yikash lubam. Now, I will say, listen to this. The daughters of Lot acted l'shem shemayim. Remember, Rashi Akalish points out in the Pasuk, what did the, why did the daughters of Lot seduce their father? Why? They thought the world, they thought the world ended. They didn't realize it was just Dome and Amor, the five cities that were destroyed. They thought the entire world was destroyed. 
and they thought they were the last two women, and their father was the last man on this world. So they thought in order to, in order to recreate the human race, they had to do what they had to do. They had a kavana l'shim shamayim. Lot, on the other hand, say Lot, what was Lot's kavana? Lot's kavana was just for immorality. Lot's kavana was just for immorality. Shabbos say, here you see something amazing. It's the same act. It's the same act. Yet the daughters of Lot had a kavana l'shim shamayim, and Lot himself has a kavana for immorality. Same act, same derech. Yet for the daughters, yet for the daughters, it's kiviyachol avodas Hashem. For Lot, one of the worst Averos possibly imaginable. Same act. Rebosei, by the way, now you begin to see the connection between this Gemara and the previous sugya. say, what did we learn in the previous sugya? What did we previous sugya? What did we learn? Kavana matters. Kavana matters. And say, by the way, not just in davening. I don't think about Kavana, think about davening. Not just in, in life. In life. What are your Kavanas? Rebosei, you know, the, you know what the etymology of Kavana? We translate Kavana ultimately again as concentration. But what is Kavana really? Kavan is kivun, a direction, a direction. Where are you going in life? What are you doing? What am I trying to accomplish? Who am I trying to be? That's what kavana is. So again, going back to the previous sugya, when I have intention to commit an avera, wrong kivun. It's wrong direction. I'm going the wrong way in life. Kavana, kivun, direction, goals, aspirations matter. And now this is natural progression. That's why you could have the same act, the same act. And for one person, for one person, it's Avodas Hashem. And for another person, it is the worst Avera possibly imaginable. Maybe Lot also had good intentions. How do you know that Lot had intentions for immorality? Right? Maybe, maybe Lot also had Kavanah L'Shem Shamayim. What the Gemara says is, the entire Pasek, which is Vayisa, so we'll say the Pasek is, the Pasek is, so we're going to see that every time, well, many times when the Torah discusses Lot and his actions, the same words are used in the context of immorality. So for example, the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, So same Lashon, Lot lifted his eyes, same Lashon by Eshes Potiphar when she tried to seduce Yosef. Lot saw, right, Shrem saw before he took and, 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 and abused Dina. So I'll say the point over here is that the Pasek by Lot, when he chose to move to stone, the wording that the Torah uses are all words that are found in the context of immorality. Which tells us, I will say, why did Lot move to stone? Why did Lot move to stone? Why? Because he wanted to be in a place of incredible immorality. I will say, and the immorality of Lot is seen, by the immorality of Lot is already seen before this episode with his two daughters, right? Where is the true immorality of Lot seen? Remember again, when he's harboring the guests, the malachim, in stone, and they want to, they want to bang down the door, they want the guests. Remember again, Lot in this like ridiculously skewed act, of, of hospitality and piety, what does he do? What does he do? He offers his two unmarried daughters to this mob, to this, to this, to this mob, right? In other words, not, not knowing what ultimately again, or knowing full well what's going to happen to his daughters, if he goes and gives, but yet again, that's, that's so Lot, Lot already was steeped in immorality even before the episode with his daughters. 
So this Vidilma, Vidilma who now Melusha Mitzvah Chavim, but maybe Lot, maybe Lot still had Kavana for a Mitzvah. I'm going to be I'm sorry. So the Zimar says, Vaham Menes Anis, but one second, Lot was in Ones. I will say Lot was drunk. Lot was drunk, right? And he was so drunk. Remember, again, I will say there's a concept of Sheikh Russo Shalot, which is, right, getting Lot drunk. What does it mean to, and this is important, right, because it comes up by Hilchos Porim. That the, that the, the post can bring down that even though one is supposed to become inebriated on Purim, one has to avoid Shechruso Shalot. What's Lot drunk? Lot drunk is when you literally don't know the difference right and wrong. See, he was an Oni, same in circumstances. So the Gemara's term Shalom Yossi, Rabbi Kwani, Valama, Nakud, Alvav, Uvikuma, Shabachira. I will say, why is there a dot on top of the Uvikuma? Right? After Lot slept with his oldest daughter, it says Uvikuma when she got up. Why is there a dot there? Lomar, Lot did not realize what was going on when he had relations with his oldest daughter the first night. But in the morning, when he got up, he realized what happened. And therefore, what should he have done? Suppose, listen to this. The Gemara says, okay, but what happened, happened. What do you want from him? So finally, he recognized what happened. He recognized what happened when she got up. But it already occurred. You can't, my dahava hava. I will say, what a mantra for life. My dahava, what happened, happened. You can't do anything about it. Gemara says, you're right. You're right. What happened, happened. But what should you have done? The next night, when your daughters offer you wine, you know what you say? You know what you say? No, thank you. No, thank you. I will say, by the way, what a profound statement in the Gemara. So I will say, sometimes in life, we, we, we commit terrible things, right? I make terrible mistakes. And I look at my mistakes and I say, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? How do I live with this? Rabbi said, the Gemara Chazal give us the answer. You know what you do when you see terrible mistakes that you've done? What do you know what you do? My dahava hava. What was, was. Sometimes Rabbi said, in order to build the future, you have to close the door in the past. And you have to, and again, it doesn't mean you don't do tshuva. And it doesn't mean, but sometimes a person just has to say, my dahava hava. What was, was. The past is the past. I'm closing the door on that. Closing the door on that. That was, I can't do anything about it. I can't change it. Close the door. Close the door. But what should I do? I need to focus on my future. My dahava hava, what was, was. The past is closed out. But now, I have an unwritten present and future in front of me. That's where my efforts are going to go. The most profoundly cathartic way a person could think. My dahava hava, let's move forward. Yimor goes right. Dash rava, my Ach nifsha mekeriyasa. I was say actually beautiful. So what's the meaning of this pasuk? This is a pasuk from Mishlei. Ach nifsha mekeriyasa. Umidyanim kebriach armon. What's the meaning of this pasuk? I was say here we go. Ach nifsha mekeriyasa. What does it mean that I have a literally again a culpable brother, pesha, a brother who commits averus from keriyasa? Who is that? Zelot. I was say chav gimol base twenty three b second line down from the top. Zelot shepirish mavram. This refers to lot who distanced himself from Avram, right? So Lot is the Ach Nivsha, right? The culpable brother who separated himself from the city of the strong. Living with Avram Avinu was a city of the strong. Lot separated himself from that. What does that mean? So ultimately, again, he went ahead and he Lot through his behaviors. Ultimately, I will say, put a Briach. A Briach is like the bar that you put across the door in order to solidify the door. Lot created bars that would forever keep his offspring out of cloud Yisrael. Lo yavo amoni umo avi Hashem. Lot, because, remember again, the Ammonites and the Moabites are our cousins, but yet because they are the product ultimately again of such, of such immorality, truth is the other reasons also, 
there's like a there's like a bar that's put across the door, and they are not permitted to enter into Klal Yisrael. Rava, what's the meaning of the pasuk? L'tava yivakish nifrad or bechol toshia yiskala. So what does this mean? The taiva nivakish nifrad zelot. This refers to lot. Ultimately, the Gemara says so. The one who is distanced will seek out every taiva. This refers to lot. Ubechol toshia yiskala shiniskala klonu batik neusit vati midrashos. That lot's degradation is revealed in every shul and every base medrash. This none. Amoni umoavi asurin the surin isra'olam. Incredible. So we'll say along the same lines. Amravula. Tamar zinsa zinsa zimri zina. We'll say listen to this. Two more acts of immorality. Right? Tamar, Tamar committed immorality. And we'll say how did Tamar engage in immorality? Remember again, she was married to Yehuda's two sons, Aaron and Ona. They both died. Yehuda has no idea what happened. So Yehuda thinks that it's her fault. So therefore he keeps playing Yeshua, I'll give you a Shela, I'll give you a Shela. She dresses up as a Zona, as a harlot, seduces her father-in-law, right? And ultimately becomes pregnant from her father-in-law. It's an act of Znos. Zimri, Zina, Zimri, right? Zimri, who was ultimately, again, the man who publicly engaged in immorality with Cosby Basts, or the Midianite princess, also engaged in immorality. Tamar Zinsa, Yatsim and Amalach Munavim. I will say, you know, Tamar, through her act, what did she create? She created, again, Shevet Yehuda, from whom came kings and prophets. Zimri Zina, Naflu Alav Kamar Rivos Miso. Zimri committed immorality, and what happens to Rabosai? Tens of thousands of Jews. That Rabosai is the same concept that we just saw before. Namely, you could have the same act. The same act. One person does it, Lashem Shalayim, and it creates the most incredible results. Another person does it ultimately, again, for base and immoral reasons, and it creates catastrophic, catastrophic consequences. I'm going to say, here it is. He's listening to Skimara. You know what I'm So again, all, reinforce, all reinforcing the same Yisod, that your Kavanos, your Kivun, your Sheifos, your wants, your desires, your goal, your aspirations, all play a part in who you become. I'm going to say one more line. Get ready for this. Wow. Right? Great is an Avera Lishma. Now I will say, you're thinking to yourself, oh, that's incredible. I do that all the time. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not that kind of Avera Lashma. Right? So I will say, so ultimately, again, the uh, Rashi points out over here, what's an Avera Lashma? Rashi says, Kidol Avera Lashma, Kilomar Lashem Mitzvah. And I will say, an Avera Lashma means I'm committing. I will say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to stop over here for today. I don't want to rush through it. By the way, we are right on schedule. Right? We, are, we are fine in Mirat Hashem. Tomorrow, short of the we'll start on time. I will say, Shkoyach. Wow. What? Not finished. Not finished. Still more to come tomorrow. Incredible, incredible. Shkoyach, everyone.